Welcome to the podcast for WGTS 91.9's Gateway Fellowship, a weekly service for anyone of any faith that is ultimately about inspiring hope. You can learn more and find more messages like this at mygatewayfellowship.com. Well, God is in the work of transformation. As we can see by this slide, when we first went to Senegal, um, we, we spent seven months learning French. After the seven months, we were supposed to go to the country of Mauritania, which is just the north of Senegal. And as things go in life, we ended up staying in Senegal instead of going to Mauritania because of some political unrest in Mauritania. There was an American missionary that was killed. And so our supervisors decided that we should go and work in a clinic in the very southern part of Senegal, right on the border with Guinea-Bissau. And so we said, no, not a problem, we can go. We'll be happy to, to do what God, what God wants us to do. Well, we, when we arrived, our house wasn't this bad, but it was pretty close. <laughs> we spent several months actually trying to clean the house, paint the walls and, and everything, and um, trying just to figure out what we were doing. Also, continuing to learn French. When we were in, in Dakar, the capital, learning French, our two-year-old son at the time was with us in class. And so trying to learn French... With a small two-year-old, you can just imagine it was <laughs> rather chaotic. But going to, to, the, to the village, we actually really got to learn. One day, I was incredibly overwhelmed because it's like, here we are. I'm in charge of, of a clinic. I'm in charge of this huge, this huge, um, this huge area of land um, surrounding the clinic. We've got several buildings. Most of the buildings are in a state like this, a major district pair. Um, we had this huge orchard area with, with uh, mango trees and cashew trees. And I was just overwhelmed by all the work that we had to do. And um, we were working a lot in our house trying to, we were just scraping the walls. So it just, and it's just incredibly hot. And one Sunday, I just decided, you know, I can't just spend all my time working on my own stuff. I've got to do something for the clinic. And so I wasn't actually in charge of the clinic at this point. It was just a little bit before I took over. And um, so I said, well, let me see. Let's, let me just go to the orchard behind the clinic. And so I went over inside the orchard, and I knelt down right there, right at that door. And I said, God, I don't know what I'm doing here. I, you know, I've, I didn't actually study to, to be a director of a clinic, so I have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing. I need your help. I need your direction. And I said, I'm going to dedicate myself to you today, and please lead me. And I said, also, not only am I dedicating myself but I'm dedicating this building. I said, this building used to be a church. This building used to be a school. This building used to be a center for education for, of you. And now look at it. And I said, God, please change me and change this building. And it's this, our talk tonight is just how God was able to do just that. Um, there it comes. So this is how we found it. There were trees inside. And plants all over, incredibly dirty. And, you know, as, as I was um, thinking about this building, it just reminded me a lot of, of my own personal life. I don't know about you guys. I'm not perfect. I'm standing before you a sinner today. Um, there's negative thoughts, negative actions. I'm just like this building. And what I need is God's transforming power in my own life. And so as we worked on this building, we saw God's, God's need to change us. And sin is just like this. Sin grows out of every corner in our lives. It transforms us into something else. And so God wants to transform us. He wants to change us. But sin 
like in our own lives. Is it easy to stop smoking? Is it easy to put away evil habits? Is it easy to do things? No, it's not. I can attest to that right now. I am suffering from some major things. And yet God says, I can change. My friends that you can see working in the the background came from Ziggenshore. Ziggenshore is the regional capital. And in, in Africa, it's very difficult to find people to come and volunteer their time and to work for free. And I was so blessed to be able to have my friends come and work. And they just, they just poured themselves out this day and in, in cutting the trees all around the church. They poured themselves out in, in sweeping. It's, it's incredibly clean inside, as you can see. And, you know, God, God has miracle working power of, of transforming. Here you can see they're, they're inside. They're work, we're working on cutting out. There was a huge tree about this big around that uh, we're trying to dig it out by the roots. Because if we don't take it out by the roots, we can fill up with the cement, but then the, the, the tree will come in again. Again, like sin. If we don't take the sin out by the roots from the very base, it's going to come in and it's going to bother us over and over again. And so <laughs> the work progressed. This is my friend Pierre working with a coop coop. Over in Senegal, we don't have chainsaws like we do here. We don't have power tools. And so we're just there doing the brunt work, doing the real, real manly stuff. But <laughs> that's just the way it goes. Um, it's actually one really awesome thing, too, is that this whole process of working on this church hasn't just been Christians, but it's been Christians and Muslims working together. The man with the little bonnet, kind of like the one I have right walking there, is actually a Muslim. And he was just so excited. Every time we're out there doing volunteer work, he's there right by my side working beside me. And it's just awesome. So... After we cleaned out the church, the church actually rested vacant, nothing, nothing really going on for several months. And then my, um, my stepfather, who's a pastor up in, in, uh, in Rhode Island, he, he, he asked me, he said, Boaz, we'd like to come and do a mission trip where you guys are living. Is there a project that you have that, you, that we could do with you? And I was thinking, I was thinking, you know, I think, I think we can probably find a project. Yeah. Why don't you help us put a roof on this old building? And he said, sure, that'd be great. And so I was all excited. And so then I was asking, I said, you know, I cannot lead. I am not a builder. I don't do anything construction. I help. You know, I move wood. And then the guy that knows how to bend, pound those nails, he does the work, you know. And uh, he said, not a problem. We found uh, a, um, somebody that's, that's in charge of construction. He's going to lead out. So I said, great. And so then he starts asking me for information so we can pass it on to, to, his, um, to, to his friend. And I said, can I just communicate directly with him? So that way, you know, the, the communication goes a little bit faster. And he's like, no, 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 no. Just, just give me the information because I don't really want you to know who, who this is. So then that got me to start thinking. He's like, hmm, who can this be? And then the miracle of miracles, I guessed it was. And it's actually the young man on this photo on the left-hand side all the, way, all the way on the right. Happens to be my best friend from high school, Dan Simpson. He's a foreman on a construction crew in Maine building multimillion-dollar homes. And so, you know, God works. He just he brings things together in, in ways that we never could have imagined. You know, it's like my friend doesn't have a lot of money. God found the money to bring him so on this trip. Just incredible stuff. Um, so you can see we, we came together. We started working. And you can see my friends in the bottom corner. They're just incredibly excited to be working. The man in red on top. Check this out. We were working together on the first or second day. I can't remember exactly. But he comes up to us and he says, I would really like to work with you. I said, check this out. I would love for you to be able to, to help us out. But one very big thing that I cannot do, I cannot pay you. And I said, I cannot pay you because I have all these friends that have come from America. They've paid a lot of money to be able to come here. And then if I go around and pay you again, it just doesn't look right. So if you want to help us, 
come and volunteer. And he says, no problem. He was there almost every day. Just incredible. And um, another thing that happened during the same time, I was sitting, um, going through a Bible class with some friends. And as we were sitting there, we were inside the church that we have on our campus. And as we were studying the Bible together, we see these faces look inside the door. And we look back at them. And it happened to be that it was myself with a bunch of missionary kids. And so we happened to be studying English. And the faces that looked in were white faces, but they were all speaking French. And so we're all like, they were like, who are you speaking English? And we're like, who are you visiting us? You know, so it was really weird. And uh, anyway, this family stayed over for lunch. We got to talking. And they said they came actually down from France on a sailboat. And then they told us this amazing thing. The father of this family is a builder. He's a woodworker in France. And so we started talking and we said, hey, we've got this group from America coming in two weeks. Would you by any chance be one willing to work with us maybe, do some volunteer work with us? They said, we'd love to. So they went on their sailboat a little bit during those two weeks and they came back. We went out to the boat. We brought like power saws. We brought uh, drills, everything you can imagine that we need to do the work. I was stressing before this because I don't have any of this equipment, you know? All we have is like this kind of saw. We don't have anything else, you know? So I'm like, all these people are coming for just a few days of work. What in the world are we going to do? But God provided every single thing that we needed. And, you know, it's just so many times in our life we just don't know what to do. And just like Pastor Terry said, we've got to step out in faith. We've got to let God lead. And that's exactly what happened. And, uh, again, like I said, Muslims working with Adventists, and we just had a lot of fun. It was really, really awesome. Just, just have, it was a real sense of camaraderie on the work site. Um, as you can see again, we do everything real, real menial labor here. I mean, this is like, we're out there <laughs> knocking, knocking the bricks apart. Um, this is what it looks like in the end. So a major transformation. Um, and just God, God really, really blessed. We, um, there was an old baptismal um, area. We knocked that totally out. We filled it up with, with cement. There was the area where the tree had been growing up out of the, out of the floor. We filled that up as well. And uh, we were able to put on new, new windows and doors. And after a few months, God really blessed because we were able to have the very first ever camp meeting. And um, in, in Senegal, we never had a camp meeting in Senegal, and God, God provided so that we could use this building for the very first camp meeting. And a camp meeting, for those of you who may not know, is just a time where you come together and you praise God. So you bring people in from a bunch of different places, you spend several days together, and you just praise the Lord together. And it was just awesome to see how God used this little small prayer, this one Sunday morning, not for somebody that really didn't know what he was doing, and was able to transform so many lives. And here's my friends, this is our, one of our friends. Um, there, in, in our transformed building. Uh, part of our time together, this is one of my, one of my American friends, actually. She's a, a volunteer, a volunteer missionary over in Senegal, and she does health work there. And so she's teaching us how to do massage, how to do um, foot baths. Everybody wanted a massage. Unfortunately, she only got one lucky person. And uh, <laughs> also teaching how to do foot baths. It was a really, it was a really fun time. As you can see, they're um, learning how to do massages there, hands-on education. It was a really enjoyable experience. Um, this guy here on the left is John Sambo. This guy is a man of God. He really is. He's our nurse, our head nurse there at the, at the clinic, and he's just a really neat guy. Um, the young people here on the bottom, bottom right, they're from, um, they're from Dakar. They drove all the way down eight hours uh, to be with us there and to praise God. And it was... 
And the cool thing about it, too, is that this camp meeting, the way we, uh, way we advertised for it was we had you know, our other Christian friends that came from throughout the country. We also invited the villagers. Now, the villagers are a mixture of Catholic and Muslim, Muslim people. Now, the Catholics have what they call pilgrimage. Pilgrimage is basically pilgrimage where you, they all go to, um, depending on where they live, they go to a, a central place. And so in the south, they go to a place um, called, uh, I don't remember the name of it. It doesn't matter. It's, several, it's about an hour from where we live. And so when I talked with the Catholics, I said, if you want to come to our camp, I mean, it's kind of like pilgrimage because they basically do the same thing. And then when I talked to the Muslims, they have something called the gamo. Now, the gamo is kind of like an all-night thing. They start at 11 o'clock at night, and they go all the way until about 6 or 7 in the morning. And then they do two different things. They have speaking. So they have one of their religious leaders will come and, and just really preach the word to them. And um, then they have dancing. And so then they dance in a, in a big circle, and they dance really close to each other, and they go like this, all through the night, and they just love it. And so I said, it's kind of like that, you know, maybe minus the dancing part, but everything else, you know. We <laughs> and so <laughs> anyway, so it was really cool because I actually had quite a few of my Muslim friends. They came, and they were able to participate with us. In fact, the son of or the, the brother of the major religious leader in our town he came, and everybody's like, what in the world are you doing there? I mean, these guys are not from our religion. They're, they're, they're saying weird things. And, you know, why are you going? He says, no, no, no. They're doing massage, and they're talking about health, and they're doing really awesome stuff. You need to come, too. Just listen for yourself, and you'll see there's a difference. And so it's really neat how God works in just crazy ways. So, you know, when it all comes down to it, it's all about people. You know, as, we, as I just recounted the, the, the stories, I've been changed by this building. This building is not just a building. This building is about me being changed through this. And the thing is, though, is that it's not just me being changed. It's the village has been changed because of the situation. The, my, my, my other Christian friends have been changed because of the situation. Also, I mean, the, the people that came to help us have been changed. And so as you look at it, it's not about a physical building, but it's about people. That's why we're here on this world. It's about people. I had the privilege of going to India uh, for um, my son. <laughs> I had the privilege of going to India for uh, about five months when I was in college. And just before going, one of my friends from college gave me this book called The Ministry of Healing. And I read it while I was in India. And it really touched me. And this quote specifically incredibly touched me. Christ's method alone will give true success in reaching the people. The Savior mingled with men as one who desired their good. He showed his sympathy for them, ministered to their needs, won their confidence, then bade them follow me. And this is actually, um, I think this is Tabaski. I think, uh, I don't remember, I think it's, it's Eid in, in, in Arabic. But it's basically where the Muslims come together and they, they, they sacrifice a sheep. It's around the, the month of November every year. And so we, I, we went, we, we wore traditional clothing. And my, my son, he was about three or four, he was there. And so, again, what are we doing? We're mingling as one who sees good in other people. And it was just because of actually going to this, 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 um, this religious ceremony, the people in the village have opened their arms to my family. And they're saying, these missionaries, they're different. Because not only have we gone to religious ceremonies, when we first got there, the very first Sabbath that we were actually in Yagis, where we live, there was a death of a little boy. And sadly, I didn't go to that funeral, but it really touched me. It really affected me a lot because that boy shouldn't have died. He died from asthma. 
and the family chose not to give him medication, and so he died because of that. And it really, really touched me. The next time um, somebody died, there was uh, our electrician, the man who was helping us with the really horrible electrical stuff in our house. He, uh, he said, my mother just died recently. Would you mind coming to the funeral and, and just see how, you know, how things go? And we said, sure, not a problem. We'll, we'll come with you. We went with him to the funeral. Again, we don't know what we're doing. We just go, you sit, and you just watch you know, everything that's going on. It was incredible because we learned so much. We made so many friends through this experience. And since then, I've made a pact with myself that if there is a funeral and I'm in the village, I go. It doesn't matter if it's Christian. It doesn't matter if it's animist. It doesn't matter if it's Catholic. I try to be go. And if I can't be there, I try to go to the family and say, hey, sorry about your loss. This is really, it's really, this is really, this is really a horrible thing. But, you know, we're all in it together. And because of doing these things, because of using Christ's method, the village has basically said that we're the best missionaries that have ever been there. And I say, no, 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 hold the phone. No, 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 We are not the best missionaries. <laughs> the only thing different about us is we're Americans. <laughs> but basically what we're trying to do is trying to show Christ. You know, sometimes when you come from, you know, Europe, I guess, the missionaries in the past, they come, you know, with their tie well, well, well put in place and, you know, on their, on their pedestal and they just, you're an African, you don't know what you're doing. And I'm like, yeah. You know, and that's, it's not cool. You know, you got to be there. You got to eat with people. You got to show that you are just like them. So that's what God is asking. This is just continued on. There is need of coming close to people by personal effort. If less time were given to sermonizing, what I'm doing right now, and more time were spent in personal ministry, greater results would be seen. These young ladies here are actually at a naming ceremony. We call it a baptism in, in Senegal. And uh, we don't go to very many of them, but we too try to go as many as we, as we can. And again, just mingling with people. Um, the poor are to be relieved. The sick are to be cared for. The sorrow and the bereaved comforted. The ignorant instructed. The inexperienced counseled. We are to weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice, accompanied by the power of persuasion, the power of prayer, the power of the love of God. This work will not, cannot be without fruit. That is so true. Prayer truly changes lives. Now, prayer doesn't always change lives the way we think it should. This young girl that we see in this picture, Uh, she came to our family, and she came to our family one day. I was actually, I normally don't sit in the consultation room with the doctors, but this particular day I was. And a, an old lady came in from the next village up, her, uh, from the village of Fonda. And she brought this, this little bundle. And she said the mother died. The grandmother uh, sells fish every day, and so she doesn't have time to take care of this, this little girl. She was very, very skinny. And so we took her. Yeah, we didn't know anything about what we were doing. We just took her and tried to start to, to help her, to feed her and everything. And it was actually during this, 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 this time when, when we were working on this building, on this church, that she died. She actually died from AIDS. Her, mother, her, her mother's um, husband, before, before this, this little girl was born, not her father, but another man, had, was a military man. And I think he got AIDS from one of his, one of his times... Um, doing whatever they do in the military. <laughs> but uh, anyway, she, she died right there, and I think it was my mother's arms. or It was really, really rather traumatic. Um, you know, sometimes when we're there on the front lines, you know, those of us here in America, we try to help people. We're there for them. And stuff doesn't always go the way it should or what we think it should. But God knows. God has a plan. 
These are just some areas that we learned how to mingle with people. We go to naming ceremonies, weddings, funerals, religious holidays. We try to visit people in their homes. We have health talks. Um, actually, right now we're working on adoption. Uh, we had another young girl. Um, we were called to go to visit a family to take uh, the mother of, of, of this young girl to, to the hospital because she was having some problems um, with, with, her, with her brain. So we, we went down with the ambulance. We picked her up. Uh, we were going to pick her up, but then the doctor actually it was a miracle. Our, our friend, who was a doctor, had, was visiting us at the time, and he, he did a consultation on the lady, and he said, no, she's gone. She's finished. She's going to die really soon. And just a few minutes later, she was gone. And the grandmother, uh, or the, the mother of, of this girl that died, she's like, I want her daughter to die as well. The little, the little girl, her name is Fatu. And the aunt, like the, the like a sister of the, the grandmother, is like, absolutely not. She's not going to die. What in the world are you thinking? So she grabs little Fatu, and she runs out. And then the doctor leaves, and the nurse, and everybody. And then we all, they, they meet me. I'm the driver. And we went back into the ambulance, and we rushed home. So I'm on the phone to my wife, and I'm like, okay, rush, rush, rush. Find a lady that's lactating. Get us some milk as soon as you can. Um, go to the clinic. Get this, this, this. And, you know. So we're trying to do all these things at once. We finally get the girl. We find somebody that can give us some milk. And we try, I think the doctor and the nurse tried to think about eight or nine times. Finally, the local nurse was able to get a needle inside her so they could give her a perfusion. And it's just an incredible experience. Um, needless to say, we didn't take her to a doctor. We took her just to guard her, just to give her what she needed at the time. And yet the family, the family um, is very afraid. Because people have this, this, this religious facade. We all have religious facades. But they, they, they say that they're Muslim. They have a Muslim name. They have a Muslim exterior, or Catholic for that matter. But inside, they still have the local traditions, the local fears, the local belief systems. And so they're worried that the spirit of the mother is actually going to come back from the grave and is going to torment this family if they take this little girl. And so they're like, ah, oh, no, 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 that's why they wanted her to die. They didn't want the spirit from the mother to come back and torment them. And so they're like, no, 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 just, just, just let her die. So then we take her, and then we're like, well, yeah, would you like the girl back? And they're like, ah, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know, they're all very polite about it, but that's essentially what they're saying down inside. And so we, uh, I have been going through incredible... <laughs> It's really difficult because we went, we spent nine months trying to go and see a judge. And the judge is like, and, we, and it just, just stuff didn't work. And finally we got to see the judge. We sit down before the judge. We're there with the father. The father is saying, please let them take the child. Yeah, everything was there. And the judge says, according to Senegalese law, you cannot adopt a child if you have a child already. We have a six-year-old. We can't. So we just learned at this point that we couldn't adopt her. And so only with the signature from the president of the country. Just before I left, just a few hours before I boarded the plane to come here to the States, I left a letter um, at the uh, presidential palace um, with the, the gendarmes that were there. And the letter basically says, please give us permission to adopt this girl. So my silent prayer, as we prayed right now, was that God would somehow do something Provide some miracle. And my request for you guys, too, <laughs> pray for us. Because <laughs> we've just been asked to leave Senegal. And if we leave, we leave her. If we don't, I mean, it, it, <laughs> it, we're going through a lot of stress. I'm here alone right now. My son is with my mother. He's going to come down on Monday. I'm here alone because we don't want to leave her in Senegal by herself. My wife came in May. She was here for three weeks. 
And then she went back, and then we were there together. My son stayed in the States. He came with her. And then now I'm here, again, by myself so she can stay in Senegal with her. And then now we're supposed to leave soon. And, yeah, <laughs> weird. <laughs> Life is weird. But the thing is, it's like we all have struggles. We all have difficulties. I'm no different from any of you guys. Just because I go and I'm living in a different country doesn't mean that I'm more special than you. Just because I go through these incredible experiences, I'm not a special person. I am just like you. I go through temptations. I go through pain. I go through misery. Just like you. We're all the same. I'm not some special person. But what God has done in my life, the miracles he's done for me, he can also do for each one of you. These are just some things that I just thought about um, that, that we can do in America. Just ways that we can reach out. Be a little bit weird. You don't have to go to Senegal if you want to. That's awesome. You don't have to go overseas. But if you can, great. But if you're still, if you're here, there is no such thing as a missionary today. I am just somebody that lives in another country that does a job. I'm doing a job. I'm not a missionary. You guys are missionaries. I'm a missionary. We're all missionaries together. Our life, our transformed life, shows other people who God is. Volunteering to help at-risk kids. Joining a local club. Visiting neighbors. How many of us know our, main, our neighbors? In the little village where we live, I know practically everybody around where, I, where I'm at. I, you know, I mean, they know me. We, we visit all the time. When you pass by, if you don't greet, if you don't say hello, something's wrong. My, one of my best friends from the village is the man next door. And he died just recently. I took, I, we, I rushed him. <laughs> Literally peeled the car as we were rushing him into the hospital. And he died. And... But if we don't know our neighbors, even here in America, we can. We can go and we can give cookies. We can get to know people. We're stuck in these little four walls with our iPads. We're stuck in our little four walls with our internet. Let's get out. Let's be like our grandparents. Let's get to know everybody. Let's get involved with community activities. Health screen. Health screen is a great way to get to know people. Working or volunteering at a food pantry. Other ideas. You guys know your situation. You know where you're at. I'd like to just look up. Uh, James chapter 1. If you have your Bible, let's just quickly look that look at that before we finish. James chapter 1. James chapter 1, and we're going to look at, at verse 2. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brethren and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. I faced huge trials in Senegal. We're going to face even more. Our next job... I'm incredibly scared, to be quite honest. I'm incredibly scared <laughs> for what is ahead of me because I don't think that I'm ready. But I've seen how God has led in my life in the past, and I believe that he will lead me again tomorrow. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. He gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. This is my prayer. That God will give us what he's promised. He said, I will give you when you ask. I will transform you when you ask. I have what you need. The only thing that lacks is us. The only thing that lacks is you. Are you ready? Are you willing to give your life to Him? Are you ready? Are you willing to be weird? Are you ready to wear strange clothing? 
You know, so much of the time when we go to other countries, we wear this kind of stuff once because we want to show other people that, hey, I got something different. No, no, it's not about that. I wear these every day. It's like, how can we get to know somebody else? How can we get inside their skin? It's all about transformation. We can do that here in America, just like we can do that somewhere else. Wherever life's journey is taking you, we hope you can find a home at Gateway Fellowship, a ministry of WGTS 91.9. We'd love for you to visit us sometime. Services happen each Saturday evening at 6. You can learn more about us and get more podcasts at mygatewayfellowship.com.